What radio, the music you want. With your host, he's Dan. I just happen to be a superhero. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous? It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do I always send you? DJLittleRock.com. One more time, DJLittleRock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote, and maybe you could have me at your next event. You know I like to party with the people. The people need to be entertained. Are you not entertained? Let me entertain you. Speaking of entertainment, today on the program, I have Greg Wiggs. She loves to shop. She loves to shop.com. She loves to, the number two, shop.com. Oh, so excited to catch up with him. I know you know who he is. You've heard him on the podcast before, but we're going to catch up and find out what's going on, what's new with Greg Wiggs. All right. Uh, also, this week's shows, I have one public show for you. The Rab on in Conway, Arkansas, my usual Friday night gig, the video dance party, karaoke jam. Yes, I said karaoke. You're the stars of the show. It's a little concert starring each and every one of you. So excited. They got a full bar. The kitchen's open, pool tables. They got a pool tournament on Friday nights. So if you want to try your hand at playing pool, and possibly make some money while you're doing it, you get out to the Rab in Conway, Arkansas, and they got good food, and they got good drinks, and the people are so nice. Always a good time at the Rab. That's on Friday nights, the Rab in Conway, Arkansas, from 8 p.m. until 1230 in the AM. It's karaoke time. Come on out and play. All right, that's enough intro. Let's get into it with Greg Wiggs. That's uh, W-I-G-Z. She loves to shop with the number two. I got him on Skype. So if you're listening to the audio version of this, I encourage you to check out the video version on my YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash user forward slash keys. Dan Skyping Greg Wiggs now. There he is. It takes a village. <laughs> You're smarter than the machine. Yeah. You did it. You did it. You get by yeah, with a little help from your friends. All right. The song that's been stuck in my head is uh, Criss Cross's Jump. Jump. The Daddy Mac will make you jump. Jump. Why? Because I learned a long time ago with Criss Cross that wiggity whack means bad. And miggity Mac means good. But you are wigs. You are wiggity good. I think you're the exception to the rule, man. You're the man. Dude, if people go and listen to your music, and I encourage them right off the bat to head over to uh, shelovestoshop.com with a number two, she loves two, number two, shop.com. That's the first place that you need to go to find out. You know, it's not for the faint of heart that Greg, Greg, Rolo, Wiggs, what are we calling you today? Uh, Anything but late for supper. You better believe it. All right. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Rolo, Rolo. I guess this time will be Rolo. How about that? I don't use Rolo no more. Okay. So we go with wigs. Yeah, well, that works. Oh, Greg, just playing Greg. I used Rolo when I first started. Okay. Because I was too insecure to go out there and 
bear at all, you know. So I had to hide behind a pseudonym. Well, I am taking that right. I'm taking that right off of your uh, little uh, thing on the bottom there. Now it says Greg Wiggs. She loves to shop. All right, for people yeah. that don't know, for people that didn't listen to the first podcast and didn't get in to straight away to the she loves to shop music, you're a man. All right, there's pundits. There's people that go on CNN, they go on Fox, they go on Newsmax, they go on whatever channel, and they speak their mind. And you could be a pundit, but no, Greg Wiggs, you take what's on your mind and put it into music form. Put it out there, whether it's political, whether it's something you're just thinking about. And usually, from what you said last time, in one take, you don't practice. You take it in one take. Put it out there and let it let it fly. Is that still yeah. the process? Well, to all the producers and home uh, engineers and people that do this stuff, you throw it all up on the computer. You put it up there and then you massage. And so it is true. The the things that I record are usually one take. Sometimes they're not, but most of the time they're pretty much as fresh as they get. I mean, you know. Um, as far as practice goes, my practices for instruments, my guitar practices, they're pretty mundane. All I basically do is move my fingers and keep doing what I've done for the past 50 years. And yeah, I know. Okay. I started playing the guitar in 1974. Yeah. Well, I mean, the one thing that I, I've learned from talking to the older folks, the, the people like, like you and me who are getting up there, the older you get, the less you give a care about. I think the kids call it left less F's to give. But I want to let people know when they go to your site, it's not for the faint of heart. It's not safe for work. It's not, that's quote unquote, not safe for work. But I want them to listen to some of the songs because, you you know, you named them, even the latest offering is probably the most truthfully named off the cuff. This is stuff that's on, on the dome and that's coming out of your mouth and getting put to music and it's stuff that you're thinking about right now you have a song called let's go brandon you got holy s i'm gonna say it like that because i don't curse but you can because uh that's that's the way it is you know i i I hold myself to that but you even have a vinyl version of that of that song of that uh, record and it's right there if you're watching the video version if you're listening to the audio version i encourage you to check out the video version on the YouTube page so you could find out, you could see what Greg Wiz was showing to me. His album. I said our internet connection is not so good. It's okay. Um, I'm near Fort Wayne, but I'm also out in the outside of Fort Wayne a little bit, out in the cornfield. <clears throat> and so, you know, the, the internet availability out here is, there isn't any. It's cell phone, um, hotspot stuff we, we have to have. Yeah, um, let's think. Um, what you just was saying there that, um, well, you taught me a word that I had to look up the definition of last time we talked, and that was muse. Um, you talked about, you know, how my muse was do this or do that. And I really have never used and never, that was a new word to me. Um, I've heard the word around. I mean, I've seen the word, and I know there's a band called Muse and whatever, but I really never had it in my vocabulary. So after our conversation, I looked it up and I said, okay, so they, okay, I got it, I got it. And um, we touched on a little bit about the inspiration or how the muses communicate or whatever you call the muse might be. And um, I don't really feel so much like a conduit because um, I really believe in my muses. And I think when people say they're the conduit, that 
they separate themselves from the muse, you know, where they're just like, hey, I'm just, yeah, I'm just a piece of pipe, you know. Um, but I look at, it, I feel more different. I feel like um, I believe in my muse. I mean, I, I trust them. I've had to learn to trust. Them. And um, anyway, that's a, that conversation. You know, <laughs> we, we can go somewhere else later with that. Well, I mean, Greg, some people um, call it you know, being possessed, you know, when they when they write their music, when they write their stories, when they write their poetry, when they write their lyrics, it's like they're being possessed. Muse is just well, what the Greeks called it. Not, a lot of a lot of stuff that we do right now uh, in the Western right, world right. comes from the Greeks. Uh, the muses were were who uh, inspired people uh, to do certain things. Uh, what do they grow crops? You're yeah, out there in the cornfields. Yeah, are different alternative um, dimension or that are in a different, you know, uh, they're not in our, our, in our plane of known, you know, 3D existence. So they communicate with us through the levels, frequency, whatever you, however you want to um, learn about it and cope with it. So, but anyway, that's just, that's something that, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't think we need to talk about that anymore. It just happens. I just do what I do and I'm thankful for it. Yeah. And we talked about being aware of, and I don't even like the political um, arena anymore because it's just too profane. It is too obscenely disgusting. Yes, I did do the song called "Let's Let's Go Brandon," and if you'd listened to it, which I think you may have, you know, basically the song is about free speech. It's not. I'm not trying to get uh, involved either way in one party or the other. I don't mention any parties. I don't mention any um, any way to live for anybody. I'm not telling anybody anything other than expressing myself as far as, you know, hey, I'll say what I want to say. Yeah, because I have that confidence. You know, I say I, I'm a big rock star. I'll say what I want. And then I go on to say, and so are you. You are too. We all are. We all should be able to feel free. And when people um, have a choice, that makes you free. So if you listen to my music, you don't listen to it, be free. You're free not to listen to it. You're free to listen to it. I don't care. Well, just the fact that you named it Let's Go Brandon is going to attract a certain kind of person, whether it's a, a person who believes that yeah, uh, yeah, that instance yeah. or or just somebody curious who wants to know what it's all about. Well, I mean, it, it, you want to be you, you want you want to be somebody who's uh, compelling uh, to write things that um, that make people think that make people. Oh, well, this is an interesting book well, by okay, its cover so here's, title. Here's a little nugget of um, wisdom or whatever. When you write music and there's already been everything under the sun done. And so musically, it's really difficult to be original. But when it comes to the lyrics, see, that's where I think that's your chance. That's your opportunity to say something profound. That's your opportunity to do it, you know, to, to do the make it weird. Or whatever, you know, because we talked about this before, too. Um, let the music be. Um, what's, what did you tell me before? Um, objectivity. Everybody can interpret it their own way. Sure, sure. It belongs to them once you put it out into the world. That's what happened to Star Wars and, you know, uh, and Star Trek. And once you put once they put it out into the world, then the, the fans, it belongs to the fans. It belongs to their interpretation. Maybe they want to do a little fan fiction. Maybe they'll see that. Well, what you t- what you did was you took a phrase that's out there in the zeitgeist that's out there in the ether that people are, are talking about and it gave you an idea huh sometimes you write the song and then you name it later uh, you know you don't know what the name is or maybe you'll co- start with the name uh, i think i think well i had a conversation with a coworker of mine yesterday talking about phrases that people have tried to 
um, that tried to copyright over the years. And the one that I came up with is Paris Hilton tried to uh, tried to copyright that's hot because uh, during in her show she would say, "Oh, that's hot." Well, she tried to copyright that's hot, and the judge said, "Nay, nay, you cannot copyright that. That does not belong to you. That belongs to the world. You can copyright." A hundreds of words in a book or hundreds of words in a song, yeah, but you cannot copyright that's hot. You know, so you're right. Yeah, the, the, the phrase, let's go, Brandon, that's the clickbait. That's the hook. That's what, you know, piques the curiosity. Um, if I wanted to, I could have said F you, Brandon, or, or F Joe Biden or anything other than that. But, but that's not the point. The point is, and I'm not trying to make, uh, you know, an attack on the individual or the or the ideology in particular either, but it, it's a play on the word to say, wait, wait a minute, think about it. Though, regardless of whatever the underlying um, conversation is associated with that phrase, what I'm trying to do is say, but let's shine a light on the idea that all things aside, if there is an issue threatening free speech which we can go all day and a day and a half on that one there absolutely and, is <laughs> yes and so turn that into the my catchphrase that you may have seen every once in a while on twitter where free speech equals free music and that's how it works See, I, I definitely am not a believer in censorship in any way shape or form and so that's a very touchy issue to me as a freedom loving person um you know and we can move on to into the other direction for the other week and a half about the consequences of what all this means and what, what's what's appropriately, you know, um, in the near future. But, you know, I don't know. I don't think that's why we're here today. <laughs> well, okay, I'll tell you where I'm at. I, I don't believe in Democrats. <laughs> I don't believe in, in Republicans. I believe in me, the United States of Keys Dan, okay? Uh, you know, I try to take care of myself. If everybody uh, swept their own front door, the whole world would be clean. Uh, I fully yeah, believe yeah. that. you got to take care of you. you. Build the community. Yeah, you take care of you. You take care of your family. You take care of the community. And you make circles out as your resources allow. Exactly. You know, and, and exactly. it's yeah. better to. Preach it, bro. I know we're in, a, in an election year. I don't like to, to, uh, uh, to, to timestamp these things too much. But in an election year, people are thinking about voting for president. And that's all they're thinking about. But you got to think about the local stuff that's going on. You know, what about the, yeah. the, the school board? What about the sheriff? What about, you know, the people in your town? Uh, you know, I worry about the newspapers. You know, I wish we had more time because we got plenty. It's really just scary, sad, makes me mad. The propaganda and the, the, the raining down of deception and misinformation. And I mean, it's just so incredibly abundant that, I mean, it, it's just the conspiracy truth, the conspiracy lies, the whole on and on, you know, um, if you get into it and you follow it and you try to understand it, usually scaring yourself to death is what ends up happening. Because then when you do actually become woke to the reality of the fragility of our society and the economy, then you realize that we're just dangling on a string for what's potentially going to happen, and we know that's not if, that's when, mm -hmm. um, where that string's cut and all hell breaks loose and the chaos on earth and what can happen within a short period of time. We don't even want to fathom that because it almost can just put you into a state of permanent depression, paralyze the shit out of you. I, I listen to true crime podcasts and, and it warps my fragile little mind. And I'm realizing more and more that the government doesn't care about anything 
except for if you mess with their money. Murderers will go free. Oh, Rapists well, will I go free. But but a tax the evasion. People, the people aren't going to put up with it either. Yeah. You know, they, they, they do what they're going to do. And they're going to, this is what they want too. They want the whole, the, the lid to blow off. They want all the infighting and they want the marauders and they want the gangs and the exodus out of these cities. Uh, you know, it's going to, it's going to, I don't even like think about it, but you know, um, aftermath, the aftermath is what we got to think about. And the aftermath is to survive, take care of your family and see if you can make it through this with your humanity. Yeah. That's the big question because desperate people do desperate things. And when you're talking starvation and mass, uh, you know, dying, people dying because of the rampant lack of medicine and the whole smear, you know, it's going to be real, a real challenge to the most righteous when we can watch the loved ones and the people and everything just, you know, turning on each other. And it's got, I mean, I'm telling you what, I don't even like think about it. I don't even know why you brought it up. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, start, we started with the Greeks, uh, you know, with the muse and, and where that came from. And the Greeks had an idea of democracy until then it was monarchies. It was people, it was one man well, then, that ruled then, then everything. Again, we got to take that word democracy and quit using it. That's right. That's not even the right word. We're not even you in know, a democracy. It's a Republic. Yeah. I just saw, I just studied up on the thing a little while ago, you know, 51% the majority in a democracy. That's the hell with the minority, the majority rules. So you guys don't have a voice anymore. That's wrong. That's not what it's meant to be. That's not what the founding fathers built and set up and constructed. They constructed, as you know, the Constitutional Republic, where the little guy who's in the minority still has rights, still has a voice, and it's not going to be bulldozed over and and shamed off the edge of the planet because, uh, you know, I don't believe it's really round. <laughs> ah, that's the guy. That's who I'm talking to. I love it. I love it. I want to hear more of what you think man greg i mean if anybody wants to know where you're from where you're at how you made your music they can go listen to the first podcast i mean you have a new record out it's uh it's called holy holy s-h-i-t there i i spelt it out <laughs> you want me to hold the album up again no man you, you can't read your lips uh, no but uh you, you you got it you got it up there and and okay the other thing I want to talk about is me being a child of the MTV era, the the per, a person who grew up, who who came who came into being. I was in high school, middle school, and high school when MTV first came out. The visual, one thing you okay, you you said all right. I, I want I'm going to harp on this. Let's go, Brandon, because uh, I love it, man. You got visuals cool on song. there. Whether you it's whether a cool you song. It really is. whether you wanted to say it or not, the visual is there. It, it, ex exactly what you meant in the back of your head and in the front of your head and what came out your mouth and what's going in their ears. You're and, making it too complicated. Dude. Oh man. I, I, I just like that. I'm the consumer. I, I like, I like song. I like sing-alongs. Yeah. I like nursery rhymes. The simpler, the better. Yeah. I like them simple. Right. So when let's go, Brent, when that, you know, that chant comes along, yes. I mean, I love it. When I first heard that, you know, I'm like, yeah, man, it's just like, okay, we were at the basketball game and um, somebody fouled and the other team, the their um, student section started shouting, "You can't do that! You can't do that!" And you know what? It's a they, they it's the same chant, just like a top forty song would. Mm -hmm. And and I started shouting it. My wife like looking at me like, "Would you stop it? Knock it off!" Because every time somebody would do something, I'd be like, "She says, would you stop acting like a fifteen year old?" It's the same I chant we've been doing since we were in grade <clears throat> school. Yeah, na 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 na. 
It's the same right, exactly. tune. Nah, 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 nah. But who made a kick-ass rock and roll song out of it? You got that right. That well, the Eagles did na 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 na, right? Uh, nah, no, was that no? That's Journey. Sorry, na 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 na. <laughs> oh yeah, but okay, you do like phrases. I mean, there's wackadoodle. There's save the whales. There's uh, I've lost, I've found, and I matter. Dark side, monkeys in the rocket. I I love all the titles. They're, they're catchy. Those are the hooks. Those are the 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 clickbait. You know, if people go and go, man, what is, I'm an alien. Oh, I got to know what this is about. Oh, and the visuals, you know, once, once again, you take the time to find B roll, to make your own visuals. Are you, I don't know if we talked about this. Do you, did you, do you make your own videos? Is everything all in that studio that's sitting right behind you? I'm looking at a microphone. I'm looking at a lamp. I'm looking at a computer. I'm looking at all this equipment right behind you. Is that where the magic happens everything yeah this is the humble studio i mean it's basic nothing much to it um the history on the whole thing pretty much is um i'm very resourceful person one of my talents is to make the most out of what i have and so as i learned to record digitally um i got equipment that was available i used what i could i learned from what i had some stuff I upgraded, some stuff I've had for a while. And I learned to make the most out of what I had. So if I had cheap stuff, I learned how to try to make it sound better. Make cheap stuff sound good. Um, I resourced online all this free um, videos and pictures, royalty-free stuff. I just start, I got an idea for a, song, that for a video for a tune. And I thought, you know, maybe this song needs clowns. Or maybe this song needs a desert. Or this song needs somebody. Like you watch my video for the song called Impala Road. That look, one came out, I think, really good. Yeah, I'm and looking so at Impala it right Road, now. Yeah, Impala Road had some nice clips that worked in real good. And then it's just a matter of learning how to edit and what you can do, like with the music on the in the DAW. Um, you learn what tools are available and spend a lot of time. Like we talked about being in this chair last time. You spend a lot of time in the chair. A lot of time looking at that screen, and I liken it to a kid that plays video games all the time. Um, to me, working on the DAW, making music, doing the, the same thing as a video game. Um, you know, that's how I how I look at it, and I, I like doing it too. It's a lot of fun. Um, it has its ups and downs. So I'll, I'll take. I get so burnt out on a song. Um, sure, sometimes I can put down a song and get all the parts and put a quick, pretty much the mix there in three days. You know, and everything's pretty much there. Then other times here recently, I've been trying to slow down a little bit and and polish and and make things a little better. It it takes a little bit longer. Maybe the songs have been harder to 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 figure out because I don't ever start a song really knowing what the song is going to really do. Um, I might have a riff or part of an idea that I'll play on the guitar and I'll think, okay, let's go in here and sit down and turn everything on, start to record this basic idea riff I got, and usually it morphs into something different. It's never really like I started out with completely. And then bit by bit, it, I, I, I start editing where I'm copying and pasting and I'm cutting out stuff. And I'm, you know, it just keeps chipping away at it, basically. Add stuff, take away. Add stuff, take away. Massage, that's the best way. You know, if I had a ball of clay, that's how this thing starts. You know, just a blunk of clay. And then it's like, you know, you start to finally when it's all done, it's like, no, that's what I like. That's that's nice. So when I do songs, I end up with songs that I want to hear. I record it and finish it where if I was 
back in the heyday of rock and roll in the 70s and 80s. And um, my stuff come up, I'd be like, yeah, that's what I would want to hear back when I was, you know, when I was doing rock. Well, I still am, but that that's what, you know, that's what I'm aiming for. Well, that's an unusual way to do it, Greg, uh, Greg coming in half cocked, you know, coming in with a, an idea. Uh, is anybody in a band, if the singer songwriter would come to his, his or her bandmates uh, with an, uh, a partially finished song, they would have bandmates that would help them uh flesh out right. the song but if you're doing it all yeah. by yourself going in not well, knowing exactly where you want things. yeah i was thinking about this earlier about sometimes i think my ego is just so big it's like i think gosh you know i, I mean i always try to tone it down where i'm like i want to help other people and i always want to listen but i can't listen to everybody that that I, that's out there i sometimes i don't even, i just like intentionally I don't want to. I don't want to listen to it because I've just got. I'm just kind of like that ego thing or something where I'm just stuck with my. I got my own thing, and um, there's some artists that that I will go out of my way. If anybody would ever ask, listen to my stuff. I will. But there's so much out there. It's like I'm just full, man. It's like going into a um, restaurant, uh, uh, you know, uh, a buffet, and there's this artist, that artist. There's this music. There's that, that, and. And it's like you go in, and it's like data overload. It's like you know, I can't, I can't try all of it. I just, you know, and if I find a couple here and there that I, that I, that they do something, you know, get my attention, I'm thinking, all right. And then I become friends with them. I'll let them know if I like it. I, I let them know. And and so anyway, so I think sometimes though, because I have to wear all the hats, mm-hmm. and as we go through the process, you know, um, I don't even know what the artist is, the performer, the guy that plays that music. I'm that person, you know that. But it's really, it's not like you're out there hot dogging it on the stage, you know. It's just like you're sitting here and you just play your part, you know, and you think you got it right. Okay, if you don't, do it some more, you know. But So you got that thing going on. And, and then you got the, the mix um, engineer, the recording aspect of it. You know, you got that hat. And then you go through the production part of it where you're making all these decisions, right? That's what we talked about before, the producer. You make all these decisions, you know. Um, do I want a key change? Do I want a tempo change? Do I, you know, would we put a break here? Do we put a fade out? What are we doing? You know, that's that's all part of uh, being a producer. And the way I approach that is I just listen to the song as it's going. And I'm thinking, okay, if I was not me song and I thought it was a groovy song, what would I want it to do right now? And I'd be like, well, you know, I'd, I'd want the guitar to come in right there real loud. Or I'd want to stop and I'd want a drum solo or, you know, I just, whatever I feel that it needs, I'll try I try to figure out how to get something there that, that fits the bill. So then hopefully after three or four minutes of the whole tune being rolled out, it's full of those decisions that made it groovy, you know, made it cool. Yeah. It's hard to do things all by yourself, Greg, but you know, if you have that ability to sing songwrite and, and play all the instruments and mix, master it down and post it up on various social medias and uh, places where people can can put their ears on them. There's so much. And do you lay this out on a daily basis? Do you have a schedule? Uh, you know, you said you I sit try. in that chair. I, I, I was just watching a, a YouTuber, uh, a gamer uh, th- that spends. He said, man, when I first started, I was sitting in this chair 12, 16 hours a day. Now, he, he makes sure that he gets up in the morning, goes out, exercises, goes, walks up a mile, uh, has his Lift breakfast, coffee pot. Uh, you know, have a, have some breakfast, coffee cup. lots of, lots of curls with the coffee cup. Well, I mean, I've made it a point. I have my weights right there, you know, next to me and well, yeah, I, I'll get know, up out of this chair and stretch. 
Yeah. Yeah, you can really get sedimentary at this kind of thing. But um, my body tells me when it's time to get out of the chair, you know. And sometimes I surprise myself and I'll be, holy crap, I've been in this chair for three damn hours. Whoa, I can't believe it. You got to get up and stretch. But, but no, I've gotten things are really just the more you practice. I mean, sheesh, um, working, working, the, working on the DAW and, and what you're hearing. That's the thing. You know, we talked about critical listening mm -hmm. and learning how to listen and be take yourself right into the middle of everything and and emerge yourself in that sound. That's 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 the zone. You know, when you can get to the zone fairly quick. I mean, not every time I sit in a chair, I get right in the zone. Sometimes it has to. It doesn't want to, I can't really find it. And, but most of the time, but when you get to that point, we've learned how to do that. And I'm talking about that critical listening zone. And especially when you shift your focuses, like sometimes I'm working at mid range and guitars and then it's like, Oh no, now we got to work on or the lows and you know, the get the kick and the bass working together. And so it, it takes a, it, it takes a conscience focus, but at the same time, I found that the more I do it, the more natural and easier it gets. I automatically know what frequencies I'm hearing that I like or something's too not what I like. And when my low end's not working, you know, sometimes I still get fooled and I, and I forget, I can't figure out what's going on right away. Well, I mean, like you're, today you're, I went to, yeah, go ahead. Well, today I went to work on a song and I brought up a preset for a mastering template that I, that I liked for the, my type material. And the, one of the plugins, we, we know what those are. So one of the plugins had an image widener on it. So it had the image widened and it was, I preset this from the last time I used it. And so I started out working on this and some just was, I wasn't, wasn't sitting with me right. You know, I was just like, gosh, I don't know. What, what am I hearing here? And I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying this, trying that. Then I get all the way to that plugin finally. And I look, I said, well, there's the answer right there. The doggone imager was on, had the stereo field widened out. And so here I was fighting this wide, stereo field trying to owner why things were sounding not like i thought they were before so then you know once i shut that off and brought everything back to where it was supposed to be without the widening like, oh yeah okay well, i'm a dumbass well was it sounding but, like the who in in quadraphonic quadrophenia <laughs> was it really that wide to where if people were listening in their headphones they would be psychedelic yeah well you know what's really funny too is that uh, that thing about um suggestion um how the mind can be fooled mm -hmm. You take a word. I saw this on Instagram, a short or something, and I've had this. I've done this with with this, in the studio with the music thing, where you say one word, but if you print something underneath it, it'll sound like it's saying that word, what's printed. And if you put a different printed word underneath it, it'll say. It. So on my videos on YouTube, I'll start out with a little introduction, the little um spiel. She loves to shop, and then it'll say the name of the video, and the background that's part of the background music as a sound effect and every time practically nine times out of ten that voice just says whatever it says it sounds like it's saying the name of that song because that's what's printed right there i got you and well i mean there's a phenomenon yeah. that that blew my mind at first i was like how in the heck is this doing it because i'm hearing it saying and i know it's not saying this but it sounds like it is well it and sounds like the, the test that science scientists used to do with uh glass where they would uh, try well when when they were originally trying to invent uh, the phonograph and trying to invent things that would um, that would uh, pr uh, uh, re reproduce sound and they were using glass and and you couldn't really understand what the word said it would go but then if somebody said she loves to shop it would go 
Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what it says. It says she loves to shop. And, and but you wouldn't know that without that context. And, and it's the same with I've seen the experiments where they have uh, a color green, but then they'll write red underneath it, and the you know color blue, and they'll put yellow underneath it. And you're like, say this, say the color of the the block twelve times. Yeah, and it, you know, amazing. Your mind. And, and this is something that you you're doing with your music. Well, that's what propaganda does, I guess, in so many ways, in in commercials and TV and all the music too. You know, I mean, I admit it. I'm trying to I'm trying to change people's minds. I got a song called "Change the World," right? Remember that? It's and it's what the what CIA has been do. doing since the '50s with LSD, man. <laughs> well, yeah. So if I'm selling anything, I'm selling love. Let's 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 start loving each other. Let's start loving our Creator. Let's start loving Jesus and the gift that we have. You know, that's what I'm saying. And if um, people get turned off by saying that, then that's their problem. But in a roundabout way, all things point to God. Everything points to God. And I've got a new song where I reference violence and anger is a flame, but love is a fire to show that there's a difference. And I'm a believer. Love conquers all. And I believe in, in the eternal and we've touched on this last time. I am not afraid of the uh, darkness. These these little I don't know what you want to call them going going astrays because out of love, you know, I, I can't get on the bandwagon where I'm not damning anybody. That's not my job. Well, the older so, you get, you start stripping things down. You start stripping down to the the basic elements. At first, when you're when you're first sent out into the world at 18 years old, when you get out of high school and maybe go off to college, okay, maybe you got a couple extra years, a little buffer years, but by the time you're in your mid 20s, you're sent off into the world and you think, "Oh, I got to get it. Got to get all." Especially when you're growing up in the 80s, I got to get stuff, you know, bigger, better. Got to have it. And uh, it's that Wall Street mentality. But then as you get older, you start stripping away what is the most important things. You know, what What do you hold? Your family, your God, whoever you might hold that to be, a higher power. You're facing your mortality. You're, you're thinking, well, how am I going to live forever? Well, you're going to live forever through your music, through the um, with the, con- the contribution to society that you, that you have through She Loves to Shop, Greg. You've contributed well, and you're going to live forever in that respect interesting point though is science to be understood as the new religion <laughs> and what science has proven or has not proven or what it can really claim as you know something credible um one of the topics that i find interesting is that consciousness science can't define can't explain you know and gravity is another big where and, and the big bang theory is my favorite propagandoed um, unproven theory, you know, spoon fed to children and everybody that it's fact and it's not. Yeah. What was around and, before 14 million billion years ago? What, what was around before that? Before the big bang? Well, there's a lot of takes, you know, there's, there, I, I'm a believer that we don't know. We don't. I believe in the mystery. I believe as the Bible is that I've read in passages is that it's a mystery and it's to remain a mystery until it's not a mystery. Growing and up Catholic, that, I, 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 I'm with you. Uh, the, my priest. That's the faith part, though. I accept the <laughs> mystery, but I'm thrilled to be a part of it. 
but I believe it's going somewhere with intention and there's a purpose and an outcome and just like there's the beginning and there's the end and you know and the more you study these things and if you have time most people don't have the time or they do waste what time to really think about like what what potentials there are as far as dimensions you know if you ask yourself the questions what does it mean to have fourth dimension what's a fifth what does this all mean i mean it sounds like a bunch of whatever right uh science fiction what is it you know is it important uh not really could it be um something to think about yeah but is it what matters? No, it doesn't matter that you understand that there's potentially other dimensions. Because no matter however you try to keep digging in to figure everything out, it's still a mystery. Because science can't explain what it doesn't know. And here's the thing from my simple point of view in the cornfield. My simple point of view is all we can understand is the reality that we sense by nature to the 3D experience. And science tries to explain everything organic everything in this 3d so when you hear talk of it's a hologram it's a simulation you can throw that in the trash that goes in the crapper that's bunk that's another one of those so what it doesn't make a difference it doesn't matter that's ridiculous well how does that it doesn't even fit into the equation anyway it's certainly not the sum of everything right so don't even waste your time following that rabbit hole so then you go back to the idea of the origin is if it's from nothing then you can't understand and describe and explain the nothing with something. See what I'm saying? So science is trying to explain what it can't explain. And the more you try to um, understand it, the more you find out that these so-called uh, theories, the Big Bang, for examples, and these different scientifically accepted truths, they're all lies. They're, they're not to be put, you know, put your faith in these things, right? It's not given written in stone that you know man has landed on the moon you love that one i know you love that one <laughs> well greg when when i was thinking about you today I, I was thinking not only singer songwriter but also philosophizer you're you're a great philosopher and you you were hinting on things of my favorite uh philosopher of history socrates who s said knowing that you know nothing yes science tries to explain a lot of things that's, but that's but the right. main thing they have to know is that they don't know what they don't know and they can't explain everything so a lot of a lot so of times you think you know something, yeah yeah once you think you know something and once you proclaim yourself the master of the subject or whatever then you build a wall where you can't learn anymore you can't go any further you've put yourself on an island and that's no fun unless you're on it maybe with brooke shields you know but that's stupid <laughs> not too stupid i'd be all right with that <laughs> no there, there are worse things but you know i what's um all right but yeah uh, you're 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 touching on things that are they're they're questions they're it's wondering why we're here it's a way it's it's a way to live though you don't live in fear and right. anxiety i read these quotes though these things of wisdom sometimes that these little gems that pop up and i agree with them i like um see what was oh um to get yourself you can't live in the past you can't live in the future right living in the past is fear when you're in fear you're living in the past okay and then you're, when you're living in the future you're living with anxiety you're living with what hasn't happened yet right the anxiety is the future fear is the past because you can you relate something that may have happened in the past as 
painful and you fear that happening again. Well, when you live in the present, right, and you trust in God that God is guiding your steps and God is creating all the time. I tell this to my kids. I'm going to tell you. God hasn't created the earth and just left and said, I'm done. Here you go, Satan. It's all yours. Have a ball. No, that's not how it works. God is creating now as we speak. And so the reality, meaning what we sense and what we see, is as God has created for us and continuing to create. And so when you put your heart and your faith and your love for God as the first thing in your life, then God is happy with you. You, you're, you're obedient. You try to live righteously. You follow the simple ways of being truthful and honest, and you don't shit on people, and you don't screw people over, and you follow the golden rule of doing unto others as you'd have them do unto you. You know, some people have to learn this out of books. Some people just know it, and some people resist it, and some people fight it, and that's where we get into that area of the lawlessness, the rebellious, and the way of the world, you know, now is shifted in a major way to lawlessness and rebellion. We see division coming down um, through evil men and their governments. And we see the influence of evil being propagated into everyday life. And as individual, we have a choice. We condone it. Mm -hmm. We know it's there. And this is what's happening right now. And this is what I can see. It's a complacency, common complacency, which is People just remain like the frog in the pot. They're not going to move. They're not going to do anything. The boiling pot thing. Or they just condone it. They're not going to act on it. They're going to overlook it. They're going to disobey God when it's wrong by condoning it. And then they think they can get off the hook by saying, hey, what me doing it? But you didn't say anything about it. You didn't try to stop it. You didn't complain. You didn't start a conversation. Okay? You remain passive. And I'm telling you what, we all know that the uh, road to hell is paved with good intentions. And if there's nothing worse than a passive intention, right? So let's go the other way. You've got the truth in you. You're a seeker. You're a truth seeker. And you don't like it. You're not going to condone it. You have to condemn it because you cannot live a lie. You were created to live a lie because if you have the truth, then you're created to live the truth. And so when... Somebody's doing, when we have bad behavior and we see a lot of it, you cannot condone, you must condemn. And I'm not saying you start a, <laughs> a cult or you go out and you start an a army of, you know, militants that are going to crush the bad guys. That's not what we're talking about. What we're saying is you communicate with your creator through prayer. That's your personal pathway. That's the personal way to express your feelings, right? Through prayer. And what you're doing is you're letting your creator know that you're unhappy and you feel it and you don't like it. And you can ask, what can I do? Well, one thing that you can do is like I'm doing, you talk about it. Mm -hmm. you, you don't condone it. You condemn it. It's wrong. We know it's wrong. It's wrong for me. I'm not going to do these things that I know are destroying and hurting and causing grief because that's not, who I am. That's not the way we should be. We should try to live harmoniously. You know, we should try to obey. See, I used to I used to do a lot of drinking back in the day. When I played in the bands, I was one of the biggest whorehounds, alcoholics there was. Uh, out all night, I mean, to the extreme as a younger man. But I knew I was wrong. And I know that I was able to continue in that lifestyle until I couldn't do it anymore. And when I finally quit playing live in the band, 
I said, I can't do this no more because it's just wrong. Um, we played a job one night and got the bar. It was like three o'clock in the morning and the guy's leaving and he was so drunk. He was toasted. His, his, he came up and talked to me. His eyes were so red and he's like, oh man, you guys are great. You guys, you guys are the best thing, you know, blah, blah. And I, I looked at him and I'm like, oh man, I didn't say this to him. I'm thinking, I hope you get home okay. Yeah. I mean, cause you know, that you got to be fried, you know? And so I, my, my conscience or, or my, the, the spirit started working in me that what I was doing was I was being a bad influence. I was influ I was getting paid to party. I used to brag about it on the stage, you know, I said, I was have a drink, you know, I'm getting paid to party and let's have a good time. Right. Well, I realized eventually the Lord got through to me and started turning me around where this was no way to live and what i was doing was i was going to be held accountable one day just like madonna michael jackson <laughs> what's her name you know and all the other people that are living for the moments in their own glory all got to be held accountable well that's you know, what I you did was you you went want to be in the hot seat. well you went through uh you know trials and tribulations you went you lived hard but then you learned better. Uh, some of the people that have uh, gone through what you've gone through become the most God-fearing men because they know that that's not a way to live. That's the that's called wisdom, as Solomon had it when Saul became Paul. Well, I'm thankful for it. Uh, no, don't get me wrong. Um, I put myself in harm's way many times mm -hmm. with the car accidents, the drunk driving, um, getting in the fights in San Francisco in the alleyway with with so uh, I've been in the bad situations and and I look at it like a miracle that I survived it and I know that the Lord has been with me and continues to stay with me conversation and so however whatever goes next I don't know I don't care really I mean like I said as far as this is the first podcast I've done since we talked 14 months ago um, I mean if I started to have to do them every other day then I'd be going you know <laughs> okay you know but but no um. I'm not going to pass up the opportunity because the music's free. I do it because it's what, it, what I do. And I've always been doing this. I've always had this um, calling and been given the, the talents. And I'm hopefully thinking that I'm still on the right path of doing as I'm supposed to be doing. And I appreciate people like E-Dance so much that actually get it. You know, you get it. You know, you, you didn't just pass over it. And I mean, you know, and just like think you understood because you really kind of understood that, you know, the, the songs that I'm putting together um, aren't meant to like rattle the foundations of the world or nothing, but it's enough to nudge somebody into like, um, wait a minute, what was that? Or, or to try to, you know, do something. And that's where, you know, to everybody that experiences it, each and to their own, you know. Well, they're not meant to rattle anybody, but they might, they just might do that. You know, you've you've gained wisdom in all your years and you've gained talent in all your years. You started playing in 1974 for crying out loud. You're not a spring chicken. You're not new to this. And coming into a, a, a studio, your studio with a half of an idea is almost like somebody else coming in with a, a with a full idea. Right. But, um, you well, know, well, that's, that's, I, you, go ahead. Well, that's a beautiful point. Because I am blessed with the years in the sense that I can remember mowing my, was she my great aunt? I remember my dad said, hey, you got to mow this yard. It was out in the country. We lived in a small town. And it was, it was my aunt, Agatha. They called her Aunt Gacy. And she was like in her mid to late 80s. 
and she was a widow out in the farm and you know everything started to kind of fall down you know because she lived alone there wasn't you know nobody there to keep up on everything so you start getting a gutter starts to hang down and a shutter might be crooked and you know the weather's working on the place so my dad said you're going to go out and mow her yard and she's going to pay you and i was like well all right then and i was probably all of eight years old and the mower was hard to start. I used to have to sit on the ground, put my feet up against the mower, and pull it like that, you know, sitting on the ground. Danger. The mower to start. And every once in a while, because her grass got so tall, um, I'd kill the mower and I couldn't get started. So I couldn't get my dad. He'd be in there shooting the breeze with her while I was out here mowing. Yeah. Good old dad. And so anyway, That's good training for an eight year old. You know what my dad got me for my eighth birthday? A job. <laughs> yeah. Well, so anyway, when I relate this story to my my children or anybody anymore. I'm telling them though, that was a woman who was raised without running water, without electricity. She was born, I think, 1896, 1897. And so in the 70s, or no, if I was eight, nine, 10 years old. Yeah. So, so it puts me there where I saw and knew people and I experienced that turn, that century, you know, people that are born at the turn of the 20th century. And I think of my grandparents who, born 1905 1910 all that and they lived through the challenges of world war ii and nobody talks about world war one but they, they lived through those days and fortunately my grandfather was born at a time where he missed eligibility and my dad missed it because of the way he was you know when his timing was he wasn't sucked up into the draft but no um it doesn't make me smarter it's just like you know i just saw these people and i was curious about how they lived what they do i mean what the heck, you know, when I was at her house, you know, I seen the old washboard and stuff in the corner. I'm like, what's this? You know, and that's how he used to do clothes. You know, he used to have this thing and you're kidding me, you know, and all that stuff, you know, and, and I don't know. I was just a very aware type. I'll still, I am, I try to be, but a child, I was very aware of what's around and I always wanted to know how things work. I wanted to know how everything works and I'm still that way. I wanted to know how the monetary system works. We talked about this. So I got into the conversation of studying the Federal Reserve, how it was created, what's it what it is and what it isn't. And I wanted to get to the bottom of what month what you know how this works. And then I learned about um, my vocabulary got bigger. I learned what the word fiat means. It's not just a brand of a car that used to you know, people used to drive a fiat now. So I had to learn these things, you know, fraudulent um, way business is done. Well, and the you, way things you, are. The, you talked about Hamilton last time where, where he was starting. Yeah, yeah. To, well, it used to, it makes me angry because it's like, you know, when you're young, you, you want to buy your first house. I can remember when I went to buy my first house, they're, they're, they're talking about, well, you got to have escrow. And I'm like, what the hell's escrow, you know? So, so it's like, you're trying to trick me with you got to have a lawyer to buy a house. What is all this stuff? Yeah, you understand it, but I don't understand it. And you want me to sign all these papers? Not even read none of them. And I don't understand none of them. You know, you buy a house, you got to sign 40 different pages. And so anyway, I'm just saying, you know, same thing with buying car insurance, you know. And Oh, yeah, yeah, you want $300,000 coverage here. Yeah, uh, you make minimum wage. But yeah, we recommend you, you take a million-dollar policy. Yeah, because, well, you never know until the fear factor, you know, let's let's – Let's put, let's scare the hell out of you to give us as much money as you can. Well, and that's so, what it is. The almighty dollar. Everybody knows that you're going to pay, you're going to pay the insurance companies a premium every month. You're going to be paying them a certain amount of money. But when it does, when the, it does happen, the emergency comes, 
They're going to do their best not to pay you. I said that it. Could be. I said that it. Could be. But but the point is, it's just another one of these things that you find is wrong. And what do you do about it? What's do you better, it or do you condemn it? You know. I guess you, if you really felt strongly about it, you could go go around and be preaching um, how to properly buy auto insurance, what to avoid, what what coverages are right for you. You know, if you felt strongly enough about that particular wrong. So in my case, though, I look at my wrongs, my my duty is more like, I guess you'd say, in the biblical sense of life or death. So that's that's how seriously I take the idea of condoning or condemning, because we're talking about life and death. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking, you know, and I know there's a lot of people who have miserable lives. I've had some really miserable times, too. I know all too well about near homelessness and um definitely um as i touched on before um binge drinking alcoholism that put me in in quite a few different jail cells and situations that weren't good because i didn't care see i i i had this attitude the way my life changed things happened out of high school i didn't give a crap if i lived or died and i lived reckless i didn't care and i challenged i pushed god to i tested god like, hey, if you want me to live, then you're going to have to get my ass out of this particular mess. Because I just drank myself into one hell of a situation. And I was redeemed time and time again. To finally one day, I'm like, you know what? I got to quit doing this. I believe. I believe that God has a, a, a job for me, a mission, and a life for me. And a, and I'm not, I, I'm not, I told God, I, I'm not monkeying with you no more. I believe. I give up. I mean, I surrendered a long time ago my my um, my own will, but not completely, you know. I still had to, like, you know, say, hey, why are you keeping me around? What's the point, you know? This world sucks. I don't like what I see. I don't like what I'm going to see. I don't like any of it. But then I still thought, well, there's a lot of beauty here. I still appreciate the sunrises and the children. And, you know what I'm saying? I still, the there's this, you know, it's the people. It's not the planet. It's not the you know environment necessarily. It's mankind destroying his nest. It's the destruction of you know the the mind, the the takeover of one's own essence. You know, people are losing control of their own being because people don't want to think. People want to become machines, and that's another topic too that gets me going too. This whole AI buy-in of the singularity. You know, I mean, oh, my goodness, there's so many great things that you could try to wrap your minds around. But take take the AI singularity theory, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're, you're up to speed on that with me, right, Dan? I bow to my AI overlords. They'll be taking over soon. Reach the point that they can basic, basically procreate. Is that the right word? Pro, 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 they can create. They can keep. Create themselves. Build themselves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's that's this hilarious. That that just. You know, anybody who who grasps the spiritual reality, like I'm trying to talk about here, the spiritual reality is beyond the realm, the limitations of what we can fathom with our senses. Anybody who's experiencing that and believes in that and holds on to that knows how comical. My muses are very amused with this talk and, and these actions of these foolish people. But at the same time, as, as, as much as they're immune they also are very very concerned and troubled and sad saddened by the the sorry 
state of affairs. And um, so really, Dan, I don't know how much we can go on about that, but we're witnesses. Everybody's a witness in, to their life. Mm-hmm. And it's a testament. You have a testimony of your life, the things that have happened to you. This is this is what you're going to be held accountable, you know. Um, and so you you have that choice to condone or condemn. Is your testimonial going to be, I condoned and I ignored the whole freaking kit and caboodle and didn't lift a finger? Or are you going to be able to testify that you condemned it and you knew it was wrong? You just said, you're just... You're just talking about wisdom, man. The, the, you've gained wisdom and knowledge through conversations, yeah. through exchanging ideas, uh, you know, I've consuming. This, yeah, no. You, I've, always, I've always known. I was born at Wright-Patterson, okay? <laughs> I don't know what that means. What? I don't know what that means. Yeah, you do. I, we talked about it. I was born at the um, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where those weird alien things happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm teasing you. You're very wooey wooey now. Okay, but no, the greatest thing that we can that our kids can do in school and in colleges is exchange ideas. Unless you're going to be a a scientist or you know or somebody or a doctor or or lawyer that needs to really really read the books, the best thing you could do is exchange ideas. And I'm so appreciative to have you on the other side of this conversation. Fill in my mind, well, man. Just, just blowing my mind. Thing, right? yeah. well, you should. It's like an obligation to learn. You owe it to yourself to learn whatever you can. Because think of it like this. I don't believe this, but uh, the general consensus is you only live once. <laughs> no, you live every day. So, so that makes that gives a lot of um that, that that justifies a lot of bad behavior because I'm only gonna live once, right? Nope, but I'm living no, every day. But on the other side of the thing, you, you, you came into this world with nothing. You're going to leave with nothing, they say, right? That's true. <laughs> well, why do you want to go through life being a dumbass? No. Right? I have a thirst for knowledge. I mean, does anybody does anybody get up in the morning and say, hey, I can't wait to be a dumbass? <laughs> every, every once in a while, you take a day off. I hope you do take a day off. But I, I could see you cracking your, your camera open every once in a while. You say you did, haven't done this in 14 months, but you got a lot to say, not just a lot to sing. But you got a lot well, to say just, as well. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I just take it. It's just it's just a fun living. Being alive is the most awesome, fun thing. And I couldn't I could not fathom the alternative. And we talked about it. Being, I'm saying life or death. I just cannot. You know, the alternative to life don't work for me. And I don't know anybody <laughs> could think it would because, you know, it doesn't. You know, and if you don't care about your mortal soul, then that's on you. Right. And. But there's still those of us around here who do believe in it, and we're going to talk about it. And that's just the way it is. And, you know, people like to get hung up on this spiritual war and the, the great conflict and how it's all coming to a, you know, it's, it's all coming to this uh, inflection point where it's going to happen. And things are going to change quick. And things are going to change like, like it's prophesied. It's going to be like a hammer. God's wrath is going to be poured out. And the smack and all that, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be... It's going to be something else to witness. It's going to be like crazy, but it's going to be real. And it's, it's meant to can't stop it. You know, um, well, humans are living well, longer than ever before. Do you feel that that's science or is that divine intervention? Are you know, we're living longer. We're living better. I don't know. Yeah. There's, I don't know. That's it. Well, there's, there's talk of this, that, and the other, as far as there's constant talk of, you know, corporate, um, elitist trying to kill everybody. The talk of, you know, they're going to want to reduce the population. Here, this all goes back to 
prophecy to you know the rumors of wars this that the other don't get anxietized don't get yourself worked up in a frenzy you know uh, because you know if you're condemning it okay good for you that's the right thing to be doing if it brings on fear let it be the fear of god the fear that of the fact that you're you're not in control i'm not in control no one is in control and that's where people can't accept god because they can't give up they have an arrogant sense of conceit that where they have to be in control. And when you give up your control to a spiritual guide, to the spiritual reality, then it becomes, well, it becomes liberating. And it, it, it's easy to take a breath because all your guilt and all your worries and all your everything is baggage is, is off of you. But then this kind of goes into this other topic, too, of where there are some who don't have that sense of guilt. I mean, there are some evil um beings sociopaths circulating amongst us right now Mm -hmm. that that there is very little hope for yeah but you just brought up that there's people that are thinking about reducing the population there was a marvel movie that came out a few years ago that explored exactly that that uh, concept where thanos snapped and half the people disappeared so if you don't think that there's somebody thinking about it there's somebody thinking about it real hard. They made a billion dollars thinking about it. We can make a whole list of, of these uh, improbable probables. You know, we could go right down the list and say the Simpsons, the Simpsons cartoon uh, show predicted this, 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 and this. Look what happened. You know, all these things. You know, they how how does that happen? How's that possible? And there's a lot of talk about how the other side operates. And what I'm talking about now is basically. The dark side, um, the spirits of the dark. Well, life imitating art and art, art in imitating life. You know, Star Trek had the the communicator that becomes our cell phone. You know, that becomes an iPad. Those kind of things to, to be um, a problem. What's a problem though is when people worship. There's so much idol worship in this world. There's t- so much um, narciss narcissistic behavior. I mean, selfies all the time. Can't walk. I mean, you can't. Think of anything but what you're wearing, how you look. Um, you know, I mean, I, I tease my kids, you know, as they get older, you'll realize you get out of high school. Nobody cares. You're, you're self-conscious in school. You get up there and you can't give a speech. You freeze up. I remember, you know, stage fright and all that kind of thing. Oh, that was the worst this thing was, in the world. It was like you're going to die. Life's but, over. But nobody cares. Nobody cares. And we had a program at the school where they're giving out awards. I think it was probably something like for my daughter's cross country team. They were giving out awards. And so they had the vice principal up on the stage in the auditorium, call the girls up one by one and give them their, their awards or whatever it was. Right. And this one friend of my sister, I love her to death or not my sister, my daughter, my, my the one friend of my daughter, she came up there and she did, she just waved and she, she had a, she put on a real show instead of, you know, someone get there real nervous and they, they like, they thank you, and then they, they walk off, right? This girl got up there and made a put on like a little stand-up routine of, of just with her body language and waving at people and having a good time. And I tried telling my daughter, now that's that's great. That's the way you should live your life. Don't go around worrying about thinking people are judging you and whatever because you basically you're just beating up yourself. That's putting something on you that you've got to learn to overcome, right? You learn to to resist and those kind of emotions, and so anyway, that 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 was really nice to see her get up there and and basically say, "I don't care. I'm just here to have fun. I'm here to enjoy my journey." 
Well, I feel your pride, Daddy. Uh, you know, and and that gave her a little wisdom. If if anything, this conversation, my younger listener, hopefully you've gleaned something. Life doesn't, you know, some of the things in, in that you think are important in life, they don't matter all that much. You know, hold your family, your higher, your God, your higher power, whoever that might be. You might pray to Zeus still or Gaia, you know, but that's still God. It's still a higher power, a, a being that's greater than you. And uh, the hope that we have, your faith. Hold on. Living Go ahead. Spiritual reality. You know, um, idol worship is about, you know, the golden calf. That's not a life. You don't. You don't follow the non-living. You have to follow the living. And the, and we're talking, you know, like I said, it's the spiritual reality of this thing. And that that's another topic. Well, the same topic, but it can be expanded upon. But not to try to get into too much more preachy um, thing. I'm just saying I believe. And so what I produce, it comes out of this this room here. Mm-hmm. You know, what I can do here. Um, I cannot take the credit for it. Um, we talked about, I don't look at myself as a conduit. I don't feel like a piece of pipe. No, because I'm alive and I'm living and, and I feel good about it. And I feel empowered, okay? And it's not empowered because I got 12 guitars over here. I'm not empowered because I bought a new microphone. I'm not empowered because somebody said I'm cool. I'm not empowered because of any of those reasons, right? I, I mean, I still get up in the morning, sometimes feel like crap. I still, you know, I, have to, I, re- I don't want to do this, do that. I still complain. And, you know, struggle through having a physical body like everybody else would, right? But I've got the spiritual reality where I'm given the inspiration. I'm given the motivation. I'm given this gift of this thing called life that I can't contain. I can't keep it in. I get fired up about it, you know, and I've calmed down a lot. I used to get so passionate talking about music and talk shop and all this. But, no, I mean, I get fired up, you know, because – I get excited about the whole thing. And this whole thing of, you know, this path to hell that that it's wide and a lot of people are on it. I mean, I'm not excited about that. That caused me a lot of pain. But I am excited about the fact that it's going to get over. I'm excited about the fact the hammer's coming down. I don't necessarily want to see it, but I do want to see it. <laughs> because it's going to be like, you know, you, hey, if you see the end, like if you're on a projectile right now in this dimension – to see the inner, to see this interaction of this cosmic, this whole smear come to an end. If you happen to be one in the end, you don't realize what a, what an opportunity that is. You know, like one in a gazillion billion people that are going to experience this this thing. Yeah. And I've known this since I was a kid. I, I just I, I've always had this expectation and this waiting World War Three, and it's always been knowledge to me. Greg, you are. 20 minutes away from uh, from wearing a sandwich board that's saying the end is near. I hope the end is not near. I know that the end will come for us all individually. I'm not going to be here forever. You're not going to be here forever. But it's what we do while we are here that counts, man. And right. you're you're interacting with people. It's nice to connect well, with people. Know, it's nice to said, it's nice to be told that you're doing a good job. I think you're doing right, a good I'm job. I'm talking about some credibility. I've earned some credibility. And this is one of the things that this music does for yes. me. Because, because I'm not going to say, I'm Greg the Great. That's right. Damn it. That's I'll my say it. music. That, that's all mine. That's all mine. 
I did it all by myself. I did everything. I created it. No, that's that's not true. I didn't. I'm not a piece of pipe. I'm not a conduit. I am the one who gets to share it. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You get all I'm the not, accolades I'm, and you get all the you get all the rewards. You get all the criticism. And then, you, you know, yeah, yeah, I take it all. It doesn't matter. I you get it all. I'm having fun in either way. Mm -hmm. And so criticism or not, that's fine. And it took a while for me. God had to bring me to the point to get the courage to throw it out there like that. Because for a long time, I'd say, why am I ashamed of it? I'm not ashamed of it. Then why can't you just be more, get louder? And I'm like, okay, I, I want to get louder. I mean, it's because I am getting older, right? But I'm also um, achieving um, um, the testimony that I have, the accomplishments, it has is growing, right? And when you have, when you're in love, Dan, you can't keep it to yourself. You just can't. It's impossible. The world loves the love. They just don't know it. Well, I think I hear my love in the other room uh, calling me out. And I appreciate so much what you've said today, man. I hope somebody gleaned some knowledge. My loyal listener gets some knowledge and heads over to She Loves 2, number 2, shop.com and finds out more. I want you to take this philosophy. You, you are a philosopher. Whether you think that a muse is coming through you, you're not a conduit, or you have so much knowledge in your head. Have Becky turn a camera on you, light you up properly, and put you out there on the on the uh, Instagrams or the TikToks or the whatever. I know Twitter's kind of dead. Elon Musk has killed it. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, so I got a lot of new songs I've been working on. Yeah, you do. I know. We're getting back on track. Uh, off the other st uh, and back on to, to the music, man. How long have we been talking? Oh, we're, it's, it's, it's over an hour. I, I think we, we need to cut it pretty soon. Let's land this plane, and we'll uh, do part three coming up in the next uh, few months or whatever as time progresses because I know you're not going to stop stopping. No way. You're going to keep going and putting that music well, out there. Between me and you, um, the, the, the songs that I've been given, the stuff that's been coming out that, I'm, you know, I just wrote a um, new song called Pull My Finger, and it's kind of a, a tongue-in-cheek thing. And I don't know if you've seen the picture artwork for the cover of it yet. I haven't. And, and that's another phrase okay. there, another phrase that well, you've taken and made into a fully fledged out song. Uncle, maybe your uncle or your grandpa, grandpa pulled the pull my finger joke on you. Guilty. Yes. Maybe sometimes it's like this. Sometimes it's like that. So, yeah. So um, there again, starting out with no general idea or direction, the pull my finger song turned into basically a anti-establishment um statement yeah because the first lines the first lyrical lines are i don't like caviar i don't like caviar caviar gives me gas okay and in our in our rock punk rock nirvana type mind we can repeat a lot of lyrics that have to be complicated so that i don't like caviar is used quite a few times <laughs> it gives me gas and then when it goes to the chorus or the the break, the different part, it goes, it goes into. I don't like green weenies. I don't like green weenies. I don't like green weenies. Okay. Basically, you wrote a song about your dietary requirements. When you go to a restaurant, yeah. these are the things you do not want. <laughs> yeah, but people who are in the know a little bit more will, will will think. Wait a minute. What he's saying is, we we don't need that 
that way of thinking. We don't need caviar. We don't need the green weenie. We don't need, you know, you know how what I'm saying there. We don't need to bend over for the green weenie, right? So, well, so uh, what that song basically? Yeah, on the surface, on the surface, it's what you've learned in wisdom. Look, I don't like spaghetti, uh, but I'm okay with angel hair pasta. So I know what I do like. And the same thing with the your the your your elected officials, uh, the people that you interact with on a daily yeah, basis. Your them. boss. I don't, their, I don't need their lifestyle. I don't like their lifestyle. I don't like their their way of doing business okay because i don't like the green weenie i don't like getting screwed over i don't like you know being lied to taking advantage of i don't don't believe in that i don't believe in you know that kind of thing and so that's the whole statement basically then it goes into the musical breakdown which is pretty cool because it's heavy and it's and it's it's trippy you know and it's it's like it sounds intense right it's pretty pretty intense song actually um And then, then it goes back into like a, a refrain of the repeats, you know. And but it does it in a way where like good or music that we like builds and you know has an emotional up and downs, and then and then it gets in and it gets that, and then, so really it's just something simple that um, had a spin put on it a little bit. Oh yeah, you you know I've watched many movies, and you know you watch a movie. Oh, this is a movie about dinosaurs. And then you come out of that movie and you go, that wasn't about dinosaurs at all. Yeah, there were dinosaurs in it, but there was an overlying political agenda that the director had, that the writer had, that somebody had. So some people that are um, politically correct, or that's not the right way to say it, but, but some people that are in the know that have heard or that are cued, clued in to what I'm trying to do with people, and that's to get them to turn their lives around and live not in fear or anxiety, but live in a life of love and kindness and and stick togetherness and build their families, community units for the, for the future. So people that are on board with that are, and get in on board with that early on, they're going to see that all these tunes and stuff are not just randomly picked out of this, picked out of that. There's something relating to something that's for them. I don't know what it is sometimes. <laughs> I don't necessarily know who that song was for or who exactly, or you know, I mean, like, I'm not going to write a song with somebody's name in it just out of randomness. Um, maybe I already have. <laughs> but but really, that, that's not really how it works. <laughs> Actually, I think I did do a song called Claudia. <laughs> yeah. Well, you need to do one called Becky because that girl's already helping you out. She helps you. Who is Becky? I don't know who Becky is. I don't know who Becky is. I don't know. Who, who was it that, that helped you in the beginning? Get the uh, camera straight. Not my mom. Um, no, who, probably. Who's out there? That was Patty. Patty, that's what I meant to say. Who's Becky? I don't know. You need to write a your Patty song. That's what I meant. Sorry. Patty's the one that should be getting all the credit. Every time you heard me say Becky, it was Patty. I'm 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 uh, re reduxing uh was it retconning? It's what they do in comic books. I'm retconning all the all the times I said Becky. <laughs> it's Patty. Patty's the good one. That's fine. Hey, um you know what would really help is when we do this if we had a really latency free connection where we don't have this delay. And- oh, that's all right, yeah. man. The only way to do that is if we're in the same room. And I hope that that happens one day. I need to get back to that Indiana. I know we talked about, I was a little baby when I was living in Indiana for a little while. And, uh, yeah, I need yeah. to get back there and my cousins are yeah, still there. Um, I, I enjoyed our conversation and still do. And, um, anyway, talk about the weather supposed to be cold as all get out we're <laughs> supposed to have a high of four degrees well that's where we that's need cold. to land this plane man we need to get out of here and uh get get back to our families and get back to life 
I think people have gotten a little idea of what's happening in the world of Greg Greg Wiggs. She loves to shop, number two. Remember that, number two, whenever you're Googling it? But, um, you know, let's finish this thing off, man. Let's do some last words for the people. I want to talk about the pioneers again. <laughs> Let's it's do it, man. Way of life. Not because, not because I just think that skills that our four, our grandparents had, those lost skills. I mean, back to this idea of hey, this fragility of hey, if the lights go out, man, we're all screwed. And the longer they're out, the worse it's going to get. And and you know it, it seems like i'm talking like that not as far-fetched as it used to be every day that whether it's me or somebody else talks about where were you when the lights went out that reality you got more and more people starting not to scoff at and, and brush it off as like that's nonsense you know that'll never happen you know that the, the tide is shifting on the people that are starting to be a little more concerned about relying on the government for life <laughs> And, and everything like that. Well, you met a pioneer. Yeah. You you met you <laughs> met uh, Aunt Ga- Aunt Aunt Gacy, who was born back in the nineties, the eighteen nineties. So she was only one generation, one person removed from people born in the seventeen hundreds. I mean, if people live a hundred years, exactly. we're only like three people old. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this whole country is only about three people old. Some people don't want to hear about it. Some people don't want to think about it. But I find it, um, I find it just interesting. Exactly, I find it interesting. On, I don't know if I find. I, I kind of have a lot of respect to think how hardy those people had to be, how different their their way of living had to be, what food, simple um, remedies like through some of the modern stuff. But then again, there's way too much modern stuff too. But you know, you think about children that died because they didn't get. They didn't have access to something simple like penicillin or whatever. Well, you yeah. know how hard they lived. You, you can see it in the early photos. Twelve-year-olds uh, okay. looked like they were fifty back in in, in the eighteen hundreds. But that's the thing too. This this another thing that gets me going too is you think about people had to they were they had to work a lot to survive. I mean, you wouldn't have the freedom, the luxury to sit around your ass and watch TV because if you wanted to stay warm, you had to go out and get, find some wood to bring in. You know, you either had to chop it, saw it, stack it. You know, you had to be smart enough to cover it up, keep it dry. I mean, the list goes on and on about the responsibilities that people had to each other. I mean, if you were the head of the household, if you were parents, you know, the husband, the father, the husband, the mother, you had a, a lot of responsibilities to care for the well-being of, of your family. And all that's been lost, you know, and, and that the whole virtue thing, you know, and and it goes back. I think that's why I find it interesting because I think a lot of times I want to know when and where it went, where it skewed off. You know, so where do I learn through history? Where do I, and you, I pretty much got it figured out. But but there weren't people that all bought into it. I mean, you know, those people that lived in the Appalachians, they were stuck there in the Appalachians without electricity way longer than anybody else. I mean, they couldn't even get radio until everybody else already had it. So those people, you know, they kind of almost um, were like on Easter Island or something. They had their, they had these the old timey ways still in existence. And the people that come out of those mountains, you know, and went into um, World War II and whatever, they came back different. You know, modernization caught up and changed. And, and before you know it, every last remote outpost of what what was previous, you know, it got done away with. 
modernization and everything took over everywhere. Well, I don't want to live Amish, though. I mean, they, they went uh, technology up to a certain point. Uh, they'll use a hammer, but not. Yeah. And, we're, in a, we're in a precarious situation yeah. where we don't want to go. We like what we got. We like this lap of luxury. I do. I mean, shit. Who doesn't like hot water? I do. Who doesn't like a warm bed? Yes. Right. But the thing, Dan, if nothing else, I think it's a good exercise psychologic to think these things through. And if people would be just willing to contemplate the the possibility of this change, you know, then it does a couple things for you. It enriches your appreciation. It can grow your um, ability to, to be thankful. I mean, you're going to appreciate what you have a lot more when you realize how quickly it, it could not be there. But yeah, who wants to go back to the Stone Age or who wants to go back without running water or, or electricity? And that's, that's, what, that's the real problem that's going to happen when the collapse comes because everybody's going to scramble to try to somehow maintain the lifestyle that they're used to. I mean, people with a generator, they know that they've only got 500 gallons, let's say. And they know that running at 24-7, they've only got 20 days, right? Well, you call it wisdom. I call it, you know, just thinking for yourself. You might know that you're going to have to ration it. You're not going to run 24-7 if because you, you don't know how long this thing's going to last. And so as a responsible leader of the household or whatever, you'll say, look, we're going to have to go on three hours a day. We'll pump all our water. Everybody can make the best of it, but that damn thing's only going to be on for three hours a day. See, so whatever whatever you need to do in three hours, you best be doing it, right? These are ideas so, that have been contemplated already. You know, I've seen Mad Max. I've seen Waterworld. I've seen a dystopian future uh, where things are, are, are rare or uh, resources are small, the short. The reluctance to change the lifestyle, though. The reluctance to grasp the reality and say something's really wrong here, and how come I didn't know about this? I was blindsided. And then to think that you don't have to change. See, the people that are going to die first are going to be the ones unwilling to change. Overcome, adapt. Yeah, you know, I, the yeah. humans humans can live in 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 very extreme uh, temperatures, uh, weathers, climates. You know, there's people that live in Antarctica, and there's people living in on the equator as well. But they refuse to adapt. Sometimes I guess you have to be forced to adapt. But mm-hmm. have you ever read um, *Mutiny of the Bounty*? Uh, yes, uh, and the movie's great too. But uh, right, right, right. And what was that guy's name? Captain Bly, who they 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 took him, put him on the little rowboat with his his loyal followers, and took off and left him stranded and to die, basically, right? That's what but the that pirates used to do. But Captain Bly was supposedly a real hard ass, a very strict disciplinarian. <laughs> And hardcore ran a tight ship and all that. But under his command, that rowboat with what little food they could catch. If you remember how the story went, like a, a bird landed on the bow of the boat and they clobbered it with a, and one guy got, everybody got like this, there's like 10 or 12 of them. Portions. They all got like a portion of this bird yeah. and they went for days and then they had to capture water to drink and, and all that. But anyway, through his discipline and the strictness of everybody adhering, to his his commands, they were able to somehow get that ship navigated and picked up, and they got they returned to England, you know. And then I think it was who was his second command, Christian Lieutenant, whatever he was, or somebody. They, they ended up, I don't know, but they had to go to the magistrate, and and he had to face you know um, 
mutiny charges and all that good shit. And now we, we, you know, you've come full circle. You're talking about a monarch uh, where Captain Bly was, uh, in essence, a monarch. Uh, You know, monarchy versus democracy versus republic. Uh, These are subjects for another day, man. These are these are subjects for another day. We got lots to talk about uh, in an upcoming episode. I, I always enjoy following you around, man. But I, ah, I gotta land this plane, man. the 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 viewer, the the viewer doesn't, you know, with, with the short attention spans. I try to keep these things uh, no more than an hour or so. But uh, man, I know we could talk. You you got things to say and things to sing, and I want people to to follow you around on your various social medias. Hey, give one last word for the people and we'll get up out of here. Oh, boy. Um, the last word. Well, the album, Holy Shit. Oh, I can't say that. Holy beep. Well, I don't know why I can't say it. I mean, do you ever watch any of these congressional hearings? You ever, you watched what's going on with Hunter Biden's subpoena um, situation where, you know, he's in contempt of Congress and all that good stuff? Well, I expect the brawl to break out any time and it, almost rightfully sold the way yeah we talked well, yeah um yes it starts with a d but anyway i don't know what to think about that bunch well i do know what to think it's 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 a shame it's terrible anywho the last word is mm, take care of yourself dan eat right you know uh get some sleep if you can um next time you think about exercising maybe you will maybe you won't i don't know i usually don't I don't like to exercise. Makes me sweat. And when I sweat, you know, it might feel good, but it's like getting there, but I don't like. You know what I mean? So work hard, play harder, keep a stiff upper lip, chin up. Yeah. I don't know. I got nothing. Well, there you have it, party people. I knew it was going to be good. I didn't know it was going to be that good. I know Greg Wiggs, singer, songwriter, philosopher. I think that would be his main thing. That's your main gig, Greg Wiggs. You're a philosopher. If you could monetize that, you probably wouldn't have to work. <laughs> other other than that, I, I think that uh, you got a lot of knowledge. You got a lot of knowledge to drop. You want people to live together in harmony and you know just love each other. That's I think that's what most people want. We talked about those psychopaths briefly that don't want that. Do unto others as you would love them to do to you. Yes, the golden rule. Of course, that's how most people want to live, unless you're a psychopath, unless you're a, a sadist, a masochist, and you want to, uh, you, you want other people to be sadistically masochized, I guess, if that's a neat, if that's even a phrase, but you know what I'm saying, you know what I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I'm glad that you have your faith, I'm glad that you're, you have your family, and I'm glad that you have the happiness and the ability to put the thoughts that you have into into music form and put them out to the world and share your ideas. That's all we can do is share ideas, share knowledge, share thoughts, uh, you know, and exchange ideas. We're all, we're going to find out that we're probably trying to achieve the same goals for the most part. It's just that we try to go at them in different directions. Some people throw a lot of money at it and some people throw a lot of sweat, sweat equity, work, work hard, and the money will come. Or, People want to sit on their butts and just have money fall on them. I, I don't think so. I don't think that's the way to go. I, I've been working since I was a, a, a little kid. And, uh, you know, I've, I've very rarely had to take an unemployment check. 
you know, very few times when I've had to rely on somebody else. Mostly I'm self-sufficient and I have my family to back me up on that. I'm thankful that I have a loving wife and children uh, that are, you know, heading in the right direction, that are becoming members of society in their own right. So, Greg, you made me think, man, that's philosophy. That's a philosopher. They love each other and do unto others and just keep listening to that good music. All right. Thank you, Greg Wiggs, for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. That's it for this edition of What Makes You Famous. Now, if you, yes, you, my loyal listener, if you'd like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call, 501-470-6386, or email keysdan at AOL.com. That's it for me. It's keysdanradiowhat.com, djlittlerock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. Radio What, the music you want. Hey, guys, this is Shelly G with a fast fact. Elvis's favorite collectibles were official badges. He collected police badges in almost every city he performed in. Do you have a fast fact? Share it with us at Interactive Radio, RadioWhat.com. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag, What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube at Keys Dan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keys dan what makes you famous podcast is a production of keys dan enterprises incorporated at keysdan.com thank you for listening hey keys dan what you doing my line i'm playing the best music by request 24 hours a day click on the request tab at the top of radio what.com radio what.com